ever have in the world is a partnership with Almighty God. Amen? Because with that partnership, things will never go wrong. It was, it's always a win-win. Amen? Let us prepare our hearts to give. Let's lift up our gift and our tithes to the Lord this morning. Father, I thank you this morning for you are good and your mercy is everlasting. Father God, I pray this morning that you look across the congregation this morning to all the gifts that are lifted up to you. Now, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless them a thousand times more. In Jesus' name, amen.
worshiping with us for the very first time, I would like to welcome all of our guests on this morning, those who are viewing live stream online, amen, thank you for worshiping with us, come on Zion Hill, let's welcome our guests, is there anyone else, just raise your hand, we want to show you some love this morning, Zion Hill family stand to your feet and let's walk around the sanctuary, greet one another, love on our guests and make them welcome and feel at home, amen. of the Lord this morning. 
thank God for your support for our leadership workshop yesterday. Thank you for we're grateful, grateful, grateful to all of you leaders. Now let's go and make things happen for our church, for our community. In the name of Jesus. I heard Joshua and Caleb say, we are able to go up and possess the land. So we thank you. And we pray that God will continue to increase you more and more for all the sacrifice and for all your time, your effort, your talent, your contribution. Serving the Lord, pay. Right now. Amen. Thanks to all of our guests. We appreciate you. If you have your Bible this morning, will you please turn with me? To a very familiar scripture. We are grateful to all of our worship team, our musicians, choir, all of you ministers. We are grateful. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your presence. The, the book is St. Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. If you find it, please say amen. This is a message of faith, and the goal and the purpose is to equip every believer for the year. We want to make sure that we go through this year in flying colors. So this is our assignment to make sure you know what you are meant to do to walk in victory because greater is he that is in us than that which is in the world. Amen? The book is Mark chapter 11 verse 23. The Bible says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And if that person shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he or she saith shall come to pass, then that man, that woman, shall have whatever he or she says. That's the word of the Lord, not the idea of your pastor. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away but your word will remain forever. Thank you for so many people who are gathered here. We are serving you. We are loving on you because we believe in your word. Holy Spirit, 
Please reveal yourself more and more to us this morning. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Use me, O oh God, to be a blessing to your congregation. We thank God for those who are watching, those who are listening. Lord, I pray that you will have your way in this place. When this day will be over, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you this morning briefly on the subject titled, The Secret for Moving Mountains. The secret for you and me to move any mountain in this new year. Permit me to give you a, a quick background to the passage we just read together. In the book of St. Mark, chapter 11, in verse 12, you will notice the Bible says Jesus got hungry. That's not uncommon. I get hungry. You get hungry. And when we're hungry, we want something to eat. Am I right about it? Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, in effort to find something to eat, Jesus looked around and he noticed a fig tree. He also noticed that this fig tree has beautiful leaves on it. Am I still in the book? Now, ladies and gentlemen, those leaves that are green and beautiful are external validation that there are figs on that tree. People can look at you on the outside and kind of have an idea of what's on the inside. Say, for example, if you come in this morning driving Rolls Royce, you don't need to tell me you're rich. A little common sense ought to tell me, ah, uh, this brother is looted. Or sister girl is doing well. So when Jesus saw the fig tree, and the fig tree is blessed with green leaves, so, ordinarily, he expected there would be figs on that tree. That is why the Bible says Jesus approached the tree. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what happened. When he got to the tree, he discovered there's no figs. I can stop there and preach all day. Because it's a dangerous thing to look good on the outside. And you have nothing on the inside. Our worship team used to sing a song, something on the inside. Working on the outside. So your inside 
is very important. But your outside ought to be reflecting what's on the inside. Amen, somebody. So when this tree has no figs on, and it's a fig tree, it means, ladies and gentlemen, that tree was a deception. It means, ladies and gentlemen, that tree is fake. It means, ladies and gentlemen, that tree is a trickery. Why do I use those strong words? Because it has no figs on it. Let me encourage all of you, from the pulpit to the pews, it's not really what you do. Is what fruit you're bearing. I can preach every day of the year, but if I'm making no impact on nobody, I'm just wasting the community time. There's a saying in the body of Christ that we say we're here, we're just a faithful few. That's a Strong word from the devil. God don't want you to just be faithful. He wants you to be fruitful. If you're a fig tree, you're supposed to have figs. Amen, somebody. And because this tree has no figs on, guess what Jesus did to it? He cursed it. Let that soak in. That's what happens if you're doing the work of the ministry and you're bearing no fruits. Jesus cursed. I know that don't sound good to you, church folk. You mean Jesus cursed? Yes, he did. Sometimes the devil will make you do things. Jesus it's not in the business of cursing, but it is frustrating to look pretty on the outside, <laughs> but you have no fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is saying to that tree, I am hungry, and you gave me the impression you can feed me. I came over, and I find nothing. All you had is good looks and no substance. That's the problem with many Christians. That's the problem with many churches. We open our doors. We tell people Jesus saves. Jesus heals. You can come in here. And problems will be solved. And then they come in and they run into more problems. That's a fig tree bearing no fruit. What is my message to all of us this morning? Religion without reality leaves you with no substance. God don't want us to just have religion. You want us to be fruitful. 
ladies and gentlemen, some Christians, they look very good on the outside. But if you get close to them and you see what they do behind the scene, then you'll find no substance. Am I telling the truth this morning? Then as you continue to read that story, then you get to verse 20. And that is next day, next morning, the disciples and Jesus Christ, they were passing the same neighborhood. And Peter, my homeboy, Peter noticed that the fig tree that Jesus cursed yesterday is completely dead. <laughs> There's another lesson there. If God curses you, <laughs> it's over. Peter exclaimed, Oh my God, Reverend, you remember yesterday? I said, Jesus forgot. He said, look at the fig tree you cursed yesterday. What in the world happened? It's now completely dead. Peter is saying to Jesus, what you said yesterday happened today. There's a lesson there. It's good to know we serve a God that when he says something, it's going to come to pass. I don't know about you. I don't want to serve a, a dead God. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is victory in the name of Jesus. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should make up stories. If he says something, he would do it. If he made a promise, he would make it good. I was in a meeting with our CFO not too long ago, and usually I don't say much when they are, they are experts in banking, finances, and all that. I just get me a cup of coffee and sit back and relax. And the concern of the people in the room is that was the pastor just running his mouth? Or is he really going to build? I didn't answer the question. And then my CFO, Mr. Arell Davis, you can talk to him. That's why I give you his name. He stood up. He said, I've known this man for this many years. If he says he's going to Carfax, you might as well start packing. I never had to answer those bankers. The God whom we serve, if he said by his stripe you are healed, you can take it to the bank. God said to you and me, many are the afflictions of the righteous. 
But the Lord will deliver you out of them all. You can take it to the bank. Those are not fancy statements. God said it. It is certain. Are you all still here this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus then responds to Peter. Jesus said, homeboy, listen. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And if that person has no doubt in his heart, he said, and that person believe what he or she have just said. He said, no devil can stop what you say. You will have it. Now you see how we got to the topic. Ladies and gentlemen, my assignment is to share with you the secret to move mountains. And the key word in the statement of Jesus is mountain. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. And that is why I'm talking about the secret to move mountains. Ladies and gentlemen, first permit me to, to share with you that word mountain is used three ways in the Bible. How many ways? Number one, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible will talk about physical mountain. I remember I was driving in Tennessee with my family one day, and I saw all kinds of mountains. And all of a sudden, the speech of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. came to me. Now I see what he was talking about, the mountains of Tennessee. I said, wow, this is real. One of the kids was going to, to med school way back there. You have to drive past Cantanoga from, oh, gee. Whew. It was a long drive. But once I got to the mountain, I could see physical mountain everywhere. Even when you drive, you better have a good brake on your car. So in the natural, the Bible talks about physical mountains. Another way the Bible talks about mountains is kingdoms. So when the Bible talks about kingdom of God, Sometimes we describe it as the mountain of God. By the way, there are three kinds of kingdom. There's the kingdom of God, there's the kingdom of devil, and there's the kingdom of man. So like Mr. Joe Biden is the president of the United States. His rule is over the kingdom of the United States. In all your getting, get understanding. But there is a third way 
that the Bible used the term mountain. And that's when somebody is facing a serious problem. Are you still here? When somebody is faced with a circumstance that is beyond your control. So if you are here this morning with any kind of problem, you have a mountain. Well, let me go another step. Everybody under the sound of my voice. Yeah, I have to do that because we have some religious folks in, in, in the church. Ain't got no mountain. That's why you are broke. And all your get together understanding. The Lord had to send you somebody who is bold enough to tell you. We all got mountain. And that is why God is sending me to share with you how to move those mountains. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody got some kind of problem. Some kind of mountain. What the Bible is saying to you and me this morning, the secret to move that mountain is with your saying. I can close my book and go home. If you get this simple revelation that your speech can move your mountain, this year is going to be a great year for you. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Every problem in our lives is an opportunity for a miracle of speaking. Let me try that again. I said every problem in your life, in my life, that may pop up this year is an opportunity for you to experience a miracle from your speaking. So, if the devil shows his ugly head and you close your mouth, then it's your fault. I don't know about you. I'm going to have me a great year. Do I have a witness in the house? I've made up my mind. As the choir was singing during the watch night, I was sitting there and said, Negro, we're going to have a great year. I speak to myself. I pop it in the airwaves. Storm may rise. Winds may blow. My mind is made up. I'm going to have me a good year. How about you? Open your mouth, shout hallelujah. Open your mouth, shout hallelujah. God is no respecter of person. If you will have the courage to speak to your mountain, and if you will not doubt in your heart, and you believe what you say, you shall have, oh glory, I done preached myself happy already. 
I say you shall have what you say. The question this morning, what have you been saying? So early this year, I want to plant this seed in your spirit, man. Don't let the television dictate what your year going to look like. Don't let the social media dictate what your year going to look like. Make up your mind. For God, I'll live and for God, I'll die. I'm going to have me a good year. Greater is he that is in me than the devil that is in the whole world. Amen, somebody. So let healing take place. By your speaking this year. Let your finances blossom by your speech this year. God said He will supply not some of your needs, all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Say with your mouth. Every time your finances is running low, put God in remembrance of his word. Are you all still here? Now I'm going to show you how this works, and then I'm going home. So I can go watch some football. Yes, I will. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Am I right about it? Am I still in the book? Then you go to the first two. The Bible said the earth was void. The earth was without form. Darkness was in the midst of the deep. Translation, let me put it in plain English. We have a problem. I know you are too religious to know that God had a problem. How can God create something and now it's void? How can the creator of the universe make things and now it's all dark? Houston, we've got a problem. Something must have happened in between. And what happened, ladies and gentlemen, is that the devil, after God created something beautiful, the devil came along, spread his wings over what God has created. And now God's hard work is now dark. God's masterpiece is now void. God's work product is full of no form, full of darkness. 
What do God did with his problem? The Bible said, God speak. That's the instruction for you this year. God is your prophet example. God saw this mess going on. He said, let there be light. And guess what happened? God said, let there be. And there was. Guess what the instruction is for you and me? If you will have the courage to speak to your mountain. And if you will not doubt in your heart and believe what you say, the Bible say you will do what? You will have what you say. Please notice one thing. God had to speak against the problem. Did you hear what I said? God had to speak against the problem. God spoke against emptiness. God spoke against obstacle. God spoke against darkness. God spoke against voidness. God spoke against a situation where there is no form. So what are you going to do? The Bible said the earth was without form. The earth was void. And then God said, I cannot let my creation go on like this. Full of darkness, having no form, and void. So God did something about it. So what should I do? I must speak to my problem. Throughout this year, 2024, learn to speak to your problem. You know what some of you would rather do? You want to call the pastor. Religion will kill you if you don't listen to your man of God. Freely I receive. Freely I give to you. God said, speak to your mountain. And nothing wrong to call the pastor. To be honest with you, sometimes I just want to hear your voice. That's the truth. One year we had what we call a minister's month. And not a single member called me to say hello. We thank you for your ministry. It's depressing. But I got over it. <laughs> I'm stronger now. I'm wiser now. I don't need the validation of man. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong to call your pastor. There's nothing wrong to hang out with me. Let's go eat or whatever. But you've got to know how to move your mountain. Speak to your mountain. The Lord God said, let there be and there was. Church, 
You don't know how powerful you are until you learn to speak to your situation. The church is too quiet. And the devil is having a field day. God said, let there be light. And bam! There was light. When was the last time that you speak to your darkness? Only you can answer that question. When was the last time that you speak to every confusion in your life? When was the last time that you speak to your circumstance? When was the last time that you speak to your situation? Just think about it. What do we do when we run into problems? Guess what we do? We run for cover. Exact opposite of what God asks you to do. And you cannot outrun the devil. He's a spirit being. He got demons that can run past you. So you don't run. You know I learned the best way if you if you run into a dog, this is free now. You know, this is not part of the summer. If if you see a dog that is trying to chase you, the wrong thing to do is to run. So what do you do? And I come to tell somebody, the devil is a dog. I said it. So when you see him coming after you, don't run. Stand your ground. What do you need to do to your mountain? Speak to it. Isn't it amazing when the dog notices that you're not scared? All of a sudden, the dog will, <laughs> the dog will bark. I'm trying to help somebody. Don't let the spirit of fear kill you this year. There will be a lot of shaking. Everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. But you as a child of God, the Lord sent me to equip you to face this year with courage. To know that God is in you. And God is able to protect you. So you don't run from your mountain. What do you do? You speak to your mountain. Do I have an amen? Just think about it. When our family's in trouble, we run. When our money is funny, we run. When we have no clothes to wear, we run. Some will even tell me, I cannot come to church because I have nothing to wear. Are you listening to me? When the enemy roared like a lion, guess what we do? We run. And God said, behold the devil roaring like a lion. He already told you. 
But you know what I have learned? Instead of me running, I learned I can speak. I wish I could stand before you and tell you today, pastor never had any problem. But I'm not that kind of pastor. I'm not going to lie to you. I have problems just like you have problems. But I've learned to deal with my problem according to the word of God. So every circumstance, every situation, every rock the devil is trying to throw at you or throw at your children or your grandchildren. Take a stand. Having done all, stand. And don't just be standing. Speak to that mountain. Amen, somebody. Notice one thing. When God had a problem, what he did is to model what you ought to do. He speak to that problem. Amen. And by the way, for the record, ever since God spoke, God has never been quiet. He is still speaking today. And kept speaking. So you need to learn to speak to your mountain. Ladies and gentlemen, when he opened his mouth, and he said, let there be light. Guess what happened? There was light. Listen, church, from the first time God spoke, I say it again, God has never stopped speaking. There is a term in law and also in real life, we describe people as deaf and dumb. A person that we call dumb is somebody who cannot speak. You know the problem of the church? I'm trying to help somebody. When you run from your mountain, you dumbo dumbo. Yes, I said it. When circumstance facing you and you cannot speak or you have your mouth closed, dumbo, dumbo, dumbo. I believe in God for a church that will know in their knowing there are more with you than those who are against you. You need to learn to speak and when you speak, your mountains will move. What is the message? No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter whether you're black or white, if you got a mouth, open your mouth and speak to your mountain. Amen, somebody. Okay, now this way I might get in trouble. But I'm used to it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, think about it. Why did God not just fold his hands and say, we shall overcome? <laughs> oh, someday, <laughs> the enemy will never let you go. Until this day, the enemy is still after our children. You think you got a big job in the corporation, but it's a corporate slavery. You don't fall your hand. You speak, you confront that mountain. Head on. In the name of Jesus. Just think about it. People are sitting back and thinking all the injustice in the community. Oh, someday it will just go away. You'll be dead and gone, and there will still be injustice. It don't work that way. You've got to confront it. I thank God for our forefathers. They did the best they know how. But you and me, we have no excuse. When you know better, you do better. Ladies and gentlemen, people will say, and we used to sing this song. I was a part of the choir. We would say something like, though the cloud may hang low, there will be a brighter day. You see, that is a theology of hope. You hope that things will get better. But it's not a theology of faith. There is nothing wrong to hope. My forefather hoped for a better Africa. Guess what they got in return? They were made slaves. They were carried to a foreigner. They were mistreated. They were still hoping. If you go to Africa today, there's still hope. But faith is an action thing. Faith without work. Somebody needs to preach the truth. Oh, I hope for a, a good tomorrow. But oh no, I won't let any of my children sit down hoping for a brighter day. If I have to kick their behind, you're going to go make it happen. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Violence have to kick the door open. You don't expect nobody to handle you victory. You got to fight the good fight of faith so you can lay hold of eternal blessing. God has it for you and me, but we got to go beyond just hoping. Are you still here this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, what do we need to do? Speak to your mountain. There's a difference between theology of hope and theology of faith. Faith says someday. Hope will say someday. Things will get better. And now, 20 years later, you look back, 
you look at central Louisiana, and if you're really, really, really honest, then you say, oh my God, not much has changed. Yeah, my brother said, keep hope alive. I'm all with that. But you got to go another step. Why you are hoping in God? Why you are hoping for a better tomorrow? You got to confront your now. Ladies and gentlemen, faith says right now. Right now. I want my body healed. I'm not just going to wait. Right now. I want a breakthrough in the city hall. I want a breakthrough in the corporate world. I want a breakthrough in our society. But as long as we fold our arms and waiting for Father Christmas or somebody, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to confront my situation. Head on. If I have flu, I'm not going to fold my hand and say, I just hope this flu will go away. I'm going to find me a doctor, somebody. You better give me something because I got to go to work tomorrow. Let me give you some, in case you don't know, many of my preaching style is like I'm in the courtroom. And in the courtroom, the way you win your case, you don't have to take my word. You've got many lawyers in the house. You've got to present your evidence. You've got to call witnesses. In case you miss it, this is what I do every Sunday. And the community can understand. What I've done is to call my first witness God Himself. The second witness I call is David. So that you know what's going on. I won't tell you, Your, your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, but that's what I do every Sunday. David was a little boy called to go deliver lunch to his brother at war front. And he got there, he saw a big giant. Am I still in the book? Then he also noticed all of his brothers, all of his people, the people that we call God's army. Help me, Holy Spirit. Guess what they were doing? They were hiding in foxhole. David went to the king and said, let me confront this fool. This fool who is cursing the army of God. Ladies and gentlemen, David's brothers, Guess what they say? Son, are you out of your mind? Can't you see the giant? 
You are such a trouble. You know why I'm calling your attention to that? Because if you're going to walk this walk of faith, church folks will always call you stupid. I wish I could go to lunch with you and get you two-piece chicken with some Diet Coke, and I'll get me some chicken wings so I can testify for the past 20-something years in your community. Everything I try to do, somebody will say, no, it cannot be done. But faith will cause you to step out of the boat even while everybody is hanging on. You are different. You are peculiar. You are chosen. You are royal priesthood. Begin to act like it. Why will you step out of the boat when everybody is hanging on to the boat? Why will you stick to diet when everybody is hiding their function? Because God said, the things that are impossible with men, <laughs> they are possible with God. Most people only talk about success. They never walk in it. It will require your faith. Guess what Goliath was doing? For 40 days, guess where Goliath was standing? In the land that belongs to Israel. The enemy will come into what God has given you and curse you out in your own house. David said, oh, no, I refuse to, to, to subscribe to that. Guess what David did? David speak. That Goliath was a mountain. Are you listening to me? That Goliath was trouble. Notice David was not dressed for war. They tried to put some stuff on him. They tried to get him out, AK-47. David said, I don't need all that mess. David came with only three things. And that's what you're going to need this year to confront every mountain in your life. David came with his God. Are you listening to me? David came with his faith. Are you listening to me? And David come with his mouth. Are you listening to me? Silver and gold I don't have. But such as I have, I'm giving you this morning. How are you going to move every mountain this year? You need God. I can stop being preach because without God you can do nothing. If you are here this morning and you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, honestly, you don't stand a chance. Somebody got to love you enough to tell you. Forget all this religion. You don't want a dime. What you gonna do? When the wars start going on. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. David came with God on his side. David came with his faith in his heart. You got to believe. You know what that Bible says? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, it's more than you just saying it. You got to believe in your heart. You got to have no doubt that what you say will come to pass. And if you believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass, it shall come to There's only one testimony I have before my, all my family. If daddy said this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Why? Because I believe what I see. Speak to your mountain. David, can I be honest with you? This is where theology gets interesting. Let me mess up people's religion. Goliath did not die with the slingshot. Goliath was dead before the slingshot hit him. We got to move beyond elementary education. When David said, you come to me, with sword and shield, but I have come to you in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can run into it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I believe your struggling days are over. Help him, help him again. Say, neighbor, I believe your struggling days are over. Now give the Lord God a clap of Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Let me say this in conclusion. You see, I was going to call seven witnesses. That's what we do in the courthouse. Witness after witness to testify that this thing we sing is true. But for the sake of time, because we've got to take communion, I want you to go home knowing that you can speak to your situation. You can speak to your circumstance. You can speak to your problem. And if you believe in your heart, if you have God with you, and if you will speak to that mountain, that mountain will be removed. I wish I could tell you I got some genius. When I went to school, I'm not an A student. I'm not even a B student. 
fellowship in my game. I'm one, one of those that, that graduated from school. Thank you, Lord. But I got something. <laughs> I said I got something. What you got, brother preacher? I got God on my side. I got faith in my heart. I got my mouth to speak. And the Bible says, anybody who will open their mouth and speak to their mountain, and tell the mountain be removed. And if you will believe in your heart. And you don't doubt what you say. You shall have. That's right pastor. You shall have. You shall have. What you say. My homeboy Joshua did the same thing. Joshua was in a war. That's my third witness. Brother Chiamma. When things get rough, Joshua told, he spoke to the son. Are you still here? He said, you stay right there. Don't move. That is contrary to every science you know. Are you listening to me? You can speak to your mountain. A mountain will listen and obey your voice. If your voice is mixed with faith, if there is a faith in your heart, and there is a God on your side, you can speak to any mountain. Guess what happened to the sun? There was a woman who's been going to the doctor for 12 long years, spent everything she got, and then she don't get any better. But one day, he heard Jesus is in town. And he said to him, I said, see, you got to speak. You got to speak. This woman said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know. Do you know? That God will heal your body. Do you know that God will make a way somehow? Do you know that God will promote you? Do you know that God will be a shelter in time of storm? Do you know that God is big enough to pay your bills? Everybody stand to your feet. I'm out. We're going to take the communion. I want to pray with somebody. If you're here today and say, Brother Pastor, you've been preaching to me. I want to commend myself to use my mouth more. We use our mouth, all right. We just use it for the wrong thing. So the training this morning is to learn to use your mouth as a weapon of faith. That woman got healed. She was not on program 
she's probably not even a member of the church. But she spoke to herself. She spoke to her circumstance. And that very day, her issue of blood dried up. I want to pray with somebody this morning. See, resource start with honesty with God. I don't need to know your problem. You don't need to know my problem. But we have something in common. We have a God who knows all, who sees all. And guess what that God said? If you will confess me before men and women of this world, then he said, what did he say? He will confess you before his father was in heaven. If you are here this morning and you are the one that God is speaking to, find your way to God. We need to pray. Lord, we command life, 
Lord God, to come into every Lord relationship that's dead, Almighty God, to every marriage, Almighty God, every family, Almighty God. Lord God, on our jobs, Almighty God, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus, Almighty God, we decree, God, we declare, Almighty God, Lord, that our bodies are in line, Lord God, with the word of God this morning, Lord. You said, God, is your will, Lord, that we prosper, be in good health, even as our soul would prosper, Almighty God. We speak unity, Almighty God, in the body of Christ, Lord God. Unity in families, Almighty God, Lord. Unity in marriages, Almighty God, this morning. We speak restoration, Almighty God. We speak, Almighty God, that backsliders are coming back to the sheep, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, nothing is too hard for you, Lord God. Oh, God, Lord, give us, Lord God, Lord, a voice, Almighty God, that would penetrate, Almighty God, through darkness, Almighty God, and cause light to come, Lord God, into dark situations, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We release it, Lord, by faith, Almighty God, Lord. We release our faith, Almighty God, this morning, Lord God. Believe in you, Almighty God, for the impossible, Lord. We say, Lord, with man, things are impossible, Lord. But with you, all things, all things, God, are possible unto him that believe in Lord. We thank you, God, we're more than a conqueror this morning, Lord. And we up this morning, God, we're not down. We are the head and not the tail, Lord. We are the limbers and not the borrowers, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you always cause us to triumph in you, God, Lord. We thank you for it, God. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, God, Lord. We give you glory, Almighty God, Lord, Lord. We turn in darkness, Lord, and Almighty God.
As I was seeking the Holy Spirit when I got the assignment to do the communion and the Holy Spirit revealed to me one thing that we as a church and churches in our community is that we have to be careful that we don't make something that is holy sacrament to make it a religious Because we can take something that is holy that God set apart for us as believers because he called it holy. Anything that you hear that God called holy, that means that he set it apart from the world for the benefit of his people. So we got to be careful that we don't make it a religious act. Because your mama did it. You come, I see we have a lot of people come on this third, what, fourth Sunday. We have to be careful that we don't become making it a religious act. Let's go to the word. The word of God in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. 24, it says often, it's talking about the bread. Say this bread is representation of his body. And then it goes on to the next scripture talking about the blood. They call the New Testament of his blood. They say in his blood. It says often when we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. But the Holy Ghost revealed, told me to go further down, read again. You know, you can read as much as you want, but there's always revelation, more revelation in the word of God. He said, go further. And he took me down a little further where it says when people do this unworthy, you do it wrongly. 
it said it become detriment to us. When the blood and the body is supposed to be for the benefit of his people, now why, how do it become detriment to us? Because we do it wrongly. What do it mean when it say that you do it wrongly? Is that any sin that you have not repented of? Is that any unforgiveness that's in your heart? Could it be possible that you haven't confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And I love when he say, he say, this is why you see some people weak. Some people sick. It's a lot of sick people. And this scripture is not for the world. It's talking to church folks. We got a lot of sick people in the church. You need, the Bible says you need to examine thyself. Be honest with yourself. Nobody have to tell you where your shortcoming is. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. If we want to enjoy what the Bible just told us, we can't enjoy it. Pastor just said, we can enjoy the fruits. But it's hard to enjoy when you're sickly, when you're weak. So he said that if we do this rightly, that means we can walk in good health. That means that we can be strong just because of this. This simple act that God has given us that is holy and set apart for the benefit of his people if we're willing to do it rightly. So this is your time. You know there's any sin that you know you have not repented of it. This is the time. Then it also said that this is why some people are asleep. Why some people have died before their time. Got to be careful. Do not make us a religious act. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. That you're so holy. And as you command us to be holy, as you're holy. God, you would have never told us if we did not have the capabilities to be holy. So we have the capabilities through your Holy Spirit. Thank you. That we keep this holy sacrament holy before you. Because we know we can't do nothing without you, Lord God. But we can do all things through you. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless this symbolic moment, Lord God that we do this unto you. Lord, we ask you to forgive all sin, unforgiven sin. Lord, is any inside myself. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. If there's any sin that anyone in this holding on to, Lord God, I ask you, Lord, to have mercy upon us, Lord God. Lord, you say your mercy endures forever. Lord, you say your mercy is renewed every morning. And so, Lord, we thank you for that renewed mercy. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's partake.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Now we partake of his blood. In Jesus' name. This concludes our worship service. Man, God is good. Hallelujah. This concludes our service. Does anyone to want to see our pastor come up front after the service is over? Now it's time for our benediction. Praise God. May the grace and mercy of God keep you until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.